This podcast was recorded and produced on Wuthering Country. We acknowledge the original custodians of the land and pay respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Hey guys, welcome back. This is part two of my chat with John Shanahan from Walking Off the Wall Within. If you missed part one, guys, please go back and have a listen. It is all about John's son, Nathan, and his incredible legacy that he has left in raising awareness for mental health and PTSD. In part two, we go through a little bit more of Nathan's story and what is next for the Walk Off the Wall Within, which is now a national event. We also go a little bit into what more needs to be done when it comes to the mental health of return servicemen and women. Thank you so much for your support, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It is extremely emotional. So if these conversations do trigger anything for you, please see the resources in the podcast description. Look after yourself, guys. Thanks so much. And I think looking around, that certainly this legacy is achieving that for people. At our walk the other week, um, it was just interesting because the other thing I wanted was I didn't want the walks to be sombre. I wanted the walks to be where everyone got together, everyone felt comfortable. They felt that they didn't have to be there. They wanted to be there. There was DJs there, music, um, activities for the kids, the face painting and the zoo the animal zoo farm patting, um, so that it became a real carnival atmosphere where people do feel relaxed and do want to sit down and are prepared to, I feel, open up more so than in a sombre situation. And it was interesting. I walked two k's with a guy and his psych and that guy had recently tried to take his own life um, twice. Um, And he asked me a lot of questions, which I said I'll answer as honestly and as truthfully as I can. He said, you don't mind me asking questions about Nath? I said, no. Um, And that was wonderful to talk to that guy because I could see that he felt that he was getting something out of the walk. And... That's something that we've always done also is we talk about Nath all the time. We speak that he's still in our presence. And we know he is anyway, spiritually. It's just that he's not here with us physically. So we speak about that. Um, At times it's a bit tough for the kids, but the kids do it, you know, um, I'm terribly proud of both Lila and Ari. Ari was only four when all of this happened. So he's only a little tacker. But by God, he has not forgotten his dad. He has not forgotten his dad. And neither's Lila. And they got photos in their bedroom. They talk. As a family, we always go to the surf coast and Lawn's our favourite place, so we've hooked in there for the last few years. Now, with that, because um, Nath, the Christmas before, 
um, was down at the surf coast with us. Now, that is a real great get-together for all of us, the whole family. Felice, Greg, Ethan, Charlotte, Harriet, Kosh, Lila, Ari, Les and myself. It's a wonderful time that brings back, yes, there's some sad times, but there's plenty of great times that we all experience down there. And that's really a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful thing to uh, be proud of, that that's a legacy that we're still continued on. Um, it also, I, I look back and I'm just so indebted to the people that are conducting these walks, like the committee here in Ballarat, Felice and Josh. Um, Nate died in the December. Um, I think it was the following March we had our first walk. He decided to died in December 2016, so it was 2017 the first walk. Um, pretty sure those dates are right. Now they did a fantastic job to be able to, and the events are not easy to put together. There's a lot that goes into it, so I'm extremely appreciative of. Um, the committee here in Ballarat, of Carly, who's come on board now and works for us. Um, without those people, I'm sure I couldn't have kept going by myself. I, at the moment, probably is a bit of the face of it um, as Nath's dad, but the others behind the scenes, I know that they're doing tremendous work invaluable work. Youngy and his crew up in uh, Mildura, um, another fiery, and Joss is a fiery. Um, wonderful. And like the walk up in Mildura was on the 13th of March this year. Well, when I got up there on the Friday, the setup was just phenomenal. And I looked around and I got talking to a lady and they'd sent through the information the night before to me and I actually researched some of it and I had tears in my eyes reading it and thinking, God, I wished I had, a, had some of this available for Nath's final time. We may have been able to do something, we may be not. But at that walk in Mildura, they had 12 agencies present that are there to help people with mental health. Now, I think that's a phenomenal effort to have 12 agencies in a place like Mildura. So they are to be congratulated on that. Then we've got Danny, who's a tireless worker for us in Darwin. I got to meet Danny the first time in um, Brisbane. Up till then it was just emails and texting and everything else. She's just a tireless worker. And the walk just um, last Saturday, um, the week after our walk, was a phenomenal effort for Darwin. And 
we know people that were up there holidaying and they said the buzz around the town about walking off the wall was phenomenal. They said it was really, 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 there was a hype and a buzz about it. So they're things that we're terribly proud of that through Nate's legacy, we can now see this, this is now reaching out to many, many communities and to many people. So we feel that he'd be proud looking down upon us. And the Brisbane one was a very special one this year, a very special one to us, um, because a lot of his army mates were there. Well, that Saturday night, to sit down at Jukes' place, and uh, all his army mates were there with their wives and partners, etc., and kids, um, and... It was really, really interesting because they did a big toast of Forex Gold to, um, to Nath and then the guys, as guys do, and army guys especially, um, they had a big bonfire going down the back and I know because I went down there later on and they retreated and they were sinking a few and having a few shots, etc. Um, and their comradeship is phenomenal, phenomenal. So Les and myself stayed with the girls and that was really interesting because the women are sometimes in this in the veterans scenario, they're the lost ones. They're the ones that are trying to keep the families together and yet they're struggling themselves and for every good reason. As one young um, mum said, I didn't know whether my husband would get through this week to see this day. We've had a horrible week. So they're living with that all the time. Um, and that's when they did bring up to me, they said, well, today was also a special day for a group of them. And I never asked them um, who they, which ones it was or anything, but it was a, a tank group of them. Um, and they, she's, they said to us that it was an anniversary. They were out on active, um, on active service in their tank. All right, they came across what they thought was a bomb. So the boss said, "That's fine. That's fine. I know how to get to get rid of the situation." He got out of the tank, and obviously someone was laying waiting. So when the dust settled, um, all that they had of their boss was his hand on the windscreen of the tank. Now those blokes have got to live with that for the rest of their lives. The flashbacks must be horrific. Nothing can possibly ever tell me that that'll ever go away from them. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is what they go through and what they have to do. And that's why I'm so proud and pleased that this Royal Commission is going to happen because the army has got to be made more accountable. We can't just say, radio, you're out, there's your ticket, and let them go. But that's basically what they do. They do virtually nothing to 
assist them when they're in society. And I know an, an instance where uh, one guy, he was desperate. He had $5.26 in his bank account. He went to the DVA and the DVA said, yeah, rightio, yeah, here's the paperwork, fill that out. He turned and threw the paperwork at him and told him to get fucked and walked out and shot himself. Now, I also feel sorry for those people that handed in the paperwork. That's how they've obviously been trained. That's what they're told to do. So those people that have got to live with that consequence also. So the whole system needs a complete and we've got to make sure. Like as um, Ben Roberts, that's under a lot of pressure at the moment, um, as he said, a lot of these big chiefs, they're not on the active field. They're not on the battlefield. They're not in the heat of the moment. They're doing it from a lot of comfort and there's not a lot of strategies there. So it's a time when these blokes don't have a lot of time. It's either them or you. So the decision and for survival instinct will come out all the time, especially the way they're trained. So we've really got to look at the army especially but I'm hearing also other stories from the other um, armed force areas where they've got to be standing up and be made more more accountable. And they've got to have strategies that when these guys do come back into society, that they don't fall through the cracks. Because they've come from a very regimented... And that was something when we were flying home from... Brisbane, I said to Les, do you really think? I said, I think all of those guys, if they had their time over again, they'd go back into the army because they feel secure and structured. Whereas here, um, we just cut the ribbons. We cut the ties. It's like if you make a jelly or an ice cream. If you don't put that in a container, it just goes everywhere. But if you put it in a container, you've got it controlled and it's going to be workable. Well, it's no different. We can't just tip them out there and have no structure for them because if we do that, that's what's happening now. They just end up everywhere, all over the place. Um, and which is a, a terribly sad, sad scenario because these people have actually given up their life to make our country what our country is. Now, without getting into an argument over whether we should be at war or we shouldn't be at war, um, the fact is these people are there making our country what a wonderful country it is. So we've got to really respect these people and hold them 
in top pride. Um, there's got to be a whole change in the thought process, in the way things are handled, and especially the army has got to be made more accountable, much more accountable than what they are at the moment. Um, because I, I, I do, I, I just feel so, so sorry. And on the 20th of March, when we um, did the walk in Brisbane, stats came through to me that morning. And from the 1st of January to the 20th of March, 35 returned personnel had taken their lives on Australian soil. We lose more people on Australian soil by taking their own lives than what um, we do in active combat. Wow. When Nath died, suicide was running at 4.5 a day in Australia. It's now nine a day. So in that period of time, I asked the question, what we're doing is terribly wrong because if we were having some success, that number should be coming down, not increasing. And how much longer can we allow? They're all people that are loved by families, loved by individuals, they're human beings. Where's, where's our humane feelings for people, for our fellow people. Um, so that in itself has got to stop. Um, politicians have got to become bipartisan and just realise it's here working. Not, not saying, oh, God, Libs, we've put this in place. We've got a commissioner or something. Um, I was dead against that because... If a party puts a commissioner in place, I may be wrong. Take me to task if needs be. But that would have to be influenced some, by, some way by the thinking of that political party. It'd be the same if Labor did it. So it's got to be bipartisan because we are dealing with human beings. We're dealing with people that, you know, um, God... I'd hate to see, and I'm very fortunate that um, our children, our grandchildren, especially Lila and Ari, Nath's and Kosh's um, two children, how they've coped with the situation. Um, and they've had wonderful support around. And there was something that intrigued me enormously. Uh, in year six at grammar, the kids select a topic that they research, put together everything, have visual displays, etc. Um, and there's a night session at the... Um, at the Wendery Performing Arts Session 
where they have sort of little kiosks, little stands, and they have everything set up there, and you can go along and ask them various um, questions um, about what they've been researching, etc. Well, um, Fliss and Greg's daughter Charlotte, she elected to do suicide and also emphasise Nath. So she said, Pa, will you help me? Well, all the people, all my contacts, I just emailed off and said, look, Charlotte will be in contact. This is what we're wanting to, um, she's wanting to do. Well, I stood back and took a step into a little bit of darkness and I cried because here she was so strongly talking about mental health. So yes, we are getting through to the younger group. Um, myself and Josh speak to a group of kids from Ballarat High each year. Um, they're kids that are not really interested in school, um, have had very checkered careers, um, but they're always a wonderful group to talk to. So from that point of view, I feel we are making inroads into mental health when we can be talking. It, 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 gone are the days where, and I think we would have all, as we grew up, especially someone older like myself, and there might have been Auntie Betty and Uncle Bill, and it was always, oh, you, know, you don't sort of talk too much about them. They're, they're a bit different. I look back now and I would say that was how our elders were disguising mental health, that those people were having problems. And going back further, we've only got to look like... With the scenario of the army and with mental health, this hasn't just happened in recent years. What did we do? In the Second World War, was it, I think? Um, Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. We'll do the soldier settlement scheme. We'll give them land. They'll be right. We'll pop them there. No. It's the same old story. You can give people a bucket load of money, but if they're mentally not happy, it's useless. So you cannot tell me that there wouldn't have been episodes from the First World War all the way through so it's taken us a hell of a long time and we still aren't very good at it. I don't believe, from the Army's point of view, and I use the Army because I've had the most um, dealings with it and still not finished, um, is we've, we've failed these people. We've failed the families. Um, and my heart goes out to it. But these are people. Um, I had a return bloke call and see me the other day. He very rarely, but his brother convinced him to come and just have a chat to me. Um, he basically doesn't leave his house. Now, you look upon our own life. We get up, we get about what we have to do daily. Perhaps there's some days when we think, oh, that's a bit shitty. But, you know, we get up and we do all these things. These people are, are prisoners in their own existence through no 
no fault of their own. So we've got to do a lot, lot more. And I honestly feel, yes, we are making inroads, but Ballarat's got to do a lot more. So it's no longer... Like, if, if someone... I think one of the biggest problems also is uh, if it's a car crash and someone's badly injured, you physically see it. If someone breaks a leg on a sporting field or falls off the roof of the house or something, you physically see those things. Whereas mental health, you can't. And people that suffer, and Nath was good at times of disguising his own inner feelings. Very good at it. And I don't know, Sean, whether you actually ever saw Nath in the flesh, but he, he was a massive guy. Very physically fit. Fitness was just... Whew, he used to just... I used to get exhausted just watching him. Um, but he was very dedicated, which is great because looking at me now, and probably my family would say the same thing, um, I think back to the days when I was a very quick sprinter, um, represented Victoria, um, probably lucky if I could get out of my own way at times now. So I'm always a big ploy for um, people and, and fitness, etc. Always love it. And I, and I love the grandkids because they're all involved. Heath Jack um, loves his footy, loves his footy. Shah, basketball, Hattie, netball and basketball. Lila, basketball. Um, and also Ari... Um, is just starting to take on footy, etc., which Nathan would be happy with, but basketball. But that's something that I really love to see young people because that's something else that I did also for mental health was because Nathan, I think he ended up playing with 13 different clubs throughout Australia. So I've linked to have a mental health game and they play for the Nathan Shanahan Memorial. There's a game down here between Clunes and Bunnyong and the link there was that Nathan started his footy at Clunes. I was a school teacher at Clunes and his cousins, the Clarks, um, played at Bunnyong. So there was a great link there. So we play that. Then we play one in the Sunraysia between Robin Vale, um, which, as I said before, we uh, I sponsored and Nath played for, and Imps. And Imps up there are a very successful side, um, very Catholic-based. Um, a very successful side, but a supporter base, you could nearly fit them all into one toilet. Um, but they're a wonderful, wonderful group of people. So a good friend of mine... Tony Calarco was president of Robinvale and I said to him, I said, I really want to um, be able to have a mental health round. I'm doing it down here. 
and they play for the um, Nathan Shanahan Memorial, but I want the emphasis is on mental health. And he said, oh, who are you thinking? I said, well, you, Robin Vale, because I've supported and Nathan played for it, and Imps, because the Fireys, a lot of them played for um, the Imps. Not fucking doing that with them. I said, what? Well, you know we hate them. And do you know what, Sean? After the games, when I was up there at the Euston Hotel, they, would, they wouldn't go into the club rooms. If the game was played at Robin Vale, you wouldn't see him come into our club rooms. If the game was up at um, Mildura, Robin Vale wouldn't go in after and have a drink as protocol or normal procedure. They wouldn't. I said, bullshit, we're doing it, caca. Oh, yeah, all right. But, and do you know what? It's given me a great sense of pride to see two clubs come together and to see them go in and entertain, put aside what's happened on the footy field. And the thing that I love about football is it involves netball. So therefore, once again, you're looking at a very, very um, group of people that can be experiencing a lot, a lot of problems. A lot of problems, both netballs. So I just think it's really great um, to be able to see, and this year it looks like also um, the Mildura game will be included in the Indigenous round, which I think is also very fitting also because of mental health. So no matter where we turn, we look and we think mental health affects everyone. I don't think there'd probably be, even just as I walked in here this today, a very vibrant atmosphere, great. But I know your scenarios also, Sean, but there'd be not one person that we don't walk past that don't have mental health issues or don't know of people that have got mental health issues. I had a woman come in to work the other day and she said, I've got some money here for you. She said, I just want to give you a hug and thank you for what you're doing. And then she opened up and told me, yeah. Um, so that's great that we're getting there. The next phase that we've really, really got to concentrate on is in the corporate world. Um... The corporate world is a very money-driven scenario. Everyone's got to make money, don't get me wrong. But the human being is pushed aside and forgotten about. And a lot of these people in these hierarchies, I often wonder and I often say to Liz, how would they like it if that happened to one of their family? Liz said to me the other night, well, they're probably too divorced from reality that it wouldn't worry them. And I said, well, that's a sad thing, but you probably could be right there. But we've got to get in there. They're all saying that they're setting up, oh, look, here's, you've got all these numbers. We've got this policy. We've got this policy. Ring that person. 
the biggest fear with people in the corporate world or in everyday work is the fact that if their boss finds out they're suffering from mental health, there is a huge chance that they will be put on the back burner for promotion or anything. Now, that's probably human nature because the thought is still old-fashioned. They perhaps aren't reliable. That's got to change. And do you know what? I saw probably one of the most interesting scenarios. A wonderful, wonderful woman. She was a psych for the CFA. She's of Russian background, mad as a cut cat. I can't tell her that, she laughs. Well, she was dealing with Mildura and also Ballarat because Nath took his life in December and one of his mates took their life in February or March in Mildura. He was an older guy, but Nath got on really well with him. He had 10 kids. Anyway, the hierarchy from CFA came to her and said, we want the name of all the people that you're treating, Ballarat and Mildura. She said, you can get fucked, you can fire me, fire me and I'm going to become the biggest whistleblower on you blokes that you've ever seen. So the ball's in your court, you're not getting any information and I am pissed off that you've even asked me. Now, after the walk in Mildura, we were all back at the Mildura Brewery, who's been a wonderful supporter of our whole scenario. Um, people say you perhaps shouldn't link alcohol with mental health. Yes and no. Um, we bought out a stubby holder, and the wording on the stubby holder is fantastic. And... I just said it's got the tick of my approval because many people that would be having that stubby holder has got a message to read on it. Yeah. So in their lowest moments, they can see there is help there and that's sitting there visually for them. So from that, you know, we we can be too... Care, too look, don't... Don't take me wrong that, you know, um, alcohol's good for mental health. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, we can't divorce ourselves from it also. But we were up there and we were having a drink. Now, when this girl was um, working at the time of Nate's death, there was her and another person in that team. She said, I want you to come across and have a drink with us and I want you to meet some people. That team now has gone to 12. So I've got to take off my hat to the CFA and they've took notice of what she said and realised that it was a major concern. It can't be swept under the carpet and you don't treat people like that. So that to me was a big plus. But... So many other corporates 
they have really, really got to come to the party. And I know for a fact they'll say, oh, but we've got a mental health program. We're laughing. We've got it. You've got numbers you can ring. Most people don't really want to ring a number. They want to have someone close and personal that they can talk to, face to face. The guy that I said to you before that had 526 in his bank account and ended up um, shooting himself, he was a commando. Um, the, the person that was tied up with him as his contact was in WA and he was in Victoria. Where's the relevance? Immediately, you feel distanced. Mm. So it, it seems like that, that perhaps to the average person doesn't seem a lot, but they're things... We're dealing with people that are very fragile and we've got to look at things from a different perspective. I know since Nate's um, death and also dealing with him and leading up with his walk from Mildura to Adelaide, I know it's made me a different person at looking different things. It makes me more aware of how you treat people. I'm not saying I was a real prick previously, but, you know, you're probably now a little bit more careful in your choice of words because you don't know what could be the point that tips that person over. You could be at the very wrong place at the very right time. By that I mean... You could be there and something that occurs is going to cause that person to do something which could be quite destructive. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that's a super important part of what we do at the Shackle Project as well is, is you know, trying to be a good person wherever you are and to anyone that you are around because you never know. You know what your words, whether they be, uh, you know, a compliment or just a smile or something, or just listening to someone could yep. be that, um, you know, that that pinnacle moment for them. It may not mean absolutely anything to yourself, yeah, um, but to them it could be something really, really pinnacle. And yes, yeah, and and that is terribly important. And, and like you know, I'm naturally getting older, etc. But it still doesn't quench my thirst to be able to, while I'm still alive, to help out where possible. Um, and that's to all ages, all ages. Um, it's great to see schools getting on board um, with programs now, which they desperately need because especially kids that are going through teenage years, it's a very um, trying time physically, mentally, and to be honest, if I had my way, I'd just sack Facebook completely, shut it down whatsoever. I don't have it, don't understand it, 
people say, oh, you're old-fashioned, but yes, it does do some good, don't get me wrong, but my God, it does some terrible and damage that cannot be retrieved, cannot be reversed. And I find that especially so in young people. It can be it just obnoxious. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very it's, big part of everyone's life now, but it's it's something that it can be great, as you said, but it can be extremely toxic and yeah. all the social media platforms out there can be you know, we we're obviously really heavy on Instagram and stuff and that's yep. great for us because it's we can reach so many people. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can jump on there and see so much negativity and so much hate and yeah, hate. You know, That's the word, um, and that can have you know a negative effect on many people. You know, we've we've seen so much you know toxic stuff, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, or or any other any of the uh, other social platforms. And we're trying to sort of counteract that with as much positive stuff, but it's it's pretty bloody hard to tip that scale. Well. I, and I think you're dead right there, sorry for interrupting, because I think the bad, no matter how small it is, will always outweigh the good. 100%, yeah. And, and that's the real toxic scenario, is that little portion can be worse than an atom bomb. Um, and it becomes very, very hard to turn it around. Um, like at work, I, I just say to a lot of my staff, look, you can have your phone for security reasons because we work in liquor. We deal with a lot of nutters, a lot of ice heads, um, threatening situations. They're off their face. They're going to kill us, you know, knock off stuff, challenge them get out of me fucking way or otherwise I'll stab you and you don't know whether they haven't perhaps got a box cutter or not um, I'll always remember and this is when I pulled my head in I followed a bloke out of the shop and he lured around the corner and I got around the corner six others waiting mm. you got no hope so um, yeah look there is a lot of scenarios there um, look society also has and getting back to mental health on that also and just touching then on ice heads, etc. Um, alcohol was deemed as a real major problem in society and for the road toll. And yes, yes, there was a lot of uh, contribution from that that added to stats. But now... I think we've got to look far, far in depth into this whole um, drug scenario because that in itself is, once again, causing people to become so paranoid, um, hearing voices, etc. So, And it gets back to the whole crux of it is is it's forced out there people yes try it etc um, and before they know they're hooked on it but it's all for the greed of the big 
crimes, crime groups that are importing stuff into Australia. Um, they're the ones that have got the money, but they don't realise the um, terrible destruction it's having on society. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know of an instance where um, Asians moved in and were freely supplying a lot of drugs within a certain area and suddenly that stopped because it was intruding upon another big group uh, because a couple of people ended up with their hands cut off and their heads cut off. It's like a Hollywood movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's but that own. was a factual thing in life. Yeah. That did actually happen. So, yeah, so look, there's lots and lots of complexities, but out of all of this, I certainly was very proud of the fact that Nath has given us the drive. I'm so proud of the people that have got on board with us, the fireys, etc., our committees. To them, I'll, you know, I won't live forever, but I know, and with our grandchildren, this is something that will f follow on um, long after we, we die. And yeah. so therefore, we can truly look back and say, that walk that Nath did, walking off the wall within, from Mildura to Adelaide, that's built an enormous legacy. And that, as a family, no one can take it away from us. No one can take it away from Nath. And I know very well that he'd be up there at every walk, every moment that we do things, looking down proudly and thinking, yes, we're getting the message out there. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely incredible. And you should be so proud of... Um, you know, I, I never got the um, you know the privilege to meet Nathan or see him, but uh, I feel like, I, you know, I've, I've heard his story many times and we've had a lot of discussions. And even at the walks, as you said, it's a very... It's not a sombre environment at the walks, at the no. events. It's a great event. You know, there's always people uh, that are very, um, you know, very uh, open to talk to. And I remember just at the one in Ballard a few weeks ago, we had a few people come to us and, and discuss people that they've lost through suicide and, um, you know, a few returned soldiers as well that talk about their mental health. And it's such a comfortable environment for people to ignite that conversation and talk about not only mental health, but PTSD, uh, depression in the emergency services um, and, uh, and elsewhere as well. So you should be extremely proud of the, uh, the events. I, just, I, I know that they'll, uh, they'll continue on and they'll just continue to grow and, and reach more people. Um, but, John, thank you so much for joining us. Just it's on a closing note there also, Sean, it is really great. I was talking to my nephew the other day and... They're IT savvy better than me. Um, he's like a little brother to me um, because I was the youngest in our family and he was one of the oldest of um, my niece, nieces and nephews. And he was going through... And people in America are touching on our website. People through Europe are England, Hong Kong. So we can be certainly pleased that not only what we're doing here, there's people showing interest to look at our website. So we have created something there that people are very interested in. Yeah. And I really thank you a lot for giving me 
this opportunity. No, no, thank you. Thank you so much. It's, um, it's such an incredible story and, uh, you know, you should be so proud of everything that, uh, that has come from, you know, a situation that is just absolutely heartbreaking and I think Nathan would most definitely be very, very proud um, of not only yourself but the entire family and, and everyone involved with the walk. So thank you so much, mate. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, mate.